You're listening to Two Smart Assets with Chris Thompson and Danny Nichols. This is your source for passive investing in real estate syndications. It's time for us to gain knowledge and take action. So let's go. All right. Hey, welcome to the show. Uh, you're listening to Two Smart Assets. My name is Danny and this is Chris. Chris, what's going on, my man? You doing all right? Not, not doing too bad, man. Today is a new day. Definitely not uh, the same day as the last one. But uh, yeah, no. To be completely honest, no. Uh, this is the same day as we record episodes. Uh, some of the same place, but no, we just we do this. We want to provide value to you guys, so we change shirts. So we're not doesn't look like we're wearing. The Gives same. the impression that this yeah. is a different yeah. day. So we're not wearing topic. the same shirts every day because you know that might be a little weird. So um, you know, take it. Pretend like maybe we didn't say that. This is a totally different day. This is not the same day we were in the library as the last time or the next time to be to be for. To this be is going to happen. So, this is going to happen again. Anyway, yeah. So, so you guys, just, like the it's just how it is. It's, it's a quiet place. So, anyways, but uh, appreciate you guys uh, listening to the show again. Um, um, really like hearing from you guys. So if you guys have anything, any questions, comments, or anything like that you want to provide for us, uh, drop us a line. We're all over social media. Uh, go to the website. You know, uh, just hit us up. We, we'd love to hear from you guys. We'd love to provide more value for you guys. And uh, uh, again, know, just loving hearing from you guys. Yeah, with everything that we talk about, it, each individual subject that we even brush on could really be a college level course. And so we're really just gonna just gloss over everything. So if there's something that needs to be uh, reiterated or uh, dove into deeper, you know, drop us a line and uh, we'll be sure to get to it. You know, we'll try to respond to everybody that we can. Uh, like you said, we want to provide value. And so if there's something that we missed or if there's something that you need more information on, hit us up and uh, we'll be glad to expand on whatever you might need. And, and be sure that uh, the, you know, episodes to come will be uh, more of a deep dive into some of these topics, you know, uh, this being the uh, initial episodes, we want to kind of go over some things and, you know, there'll be other episodes too where we kind of gloss over some topics and, uh, uh, but we're, we're hoping to provide the uh, general value uh, with those topics and then eventually dive deep into those and bring on guests who, who are heavily experienced and they have a lot of knowledge in this area and they can really provide the value to, to you guys. So that's the main goal and we're working towards it. So uh, appreciate it again. Appreciate you guys listening. Uh, it means a lot. Yeah, we're and excited. Uh, and uh, we'd love to hear from you. So, um, all right. So today we're going to talk about uh, basically analyzing a deal, right? Uh, from as a passive investor, um, mm -hmm. you know, there, there's a couple of different ways to do it. You can be, um, you can kind of just have an idea of how to look at these deals and you know what the key metrics are and you can decide to invest that way or you know some past investors dive really deep into this stuff you know I mean, they're basically active investors and they know the ins and outs and they they treat it that way and uh, i think you and i both agree that uh, that's a good way to be you know you want to you want to be able to uh, look at these investments and, and make good decisions really based off of projections numbers uh, the people you're working with you know the team that you're working with and uh, if you're just glossing over and just picking deals left and right, you know, they might work out for you and that's great. That's Good great. Luck. That's what you want, you know, but uh, you want the deals to work, but at the same time to, you know, kind of cover your backside, uh, know how to do this stuff. It's, it's, it's pretty important today. You know, we're not going to go into a lot of detail, but uh, there will be some, we're going to hit the highlights and some good points that we think, uh, obviously there are many more things to talk about when it comes to analyzing a deal and uh, we'll get into those in later episodes. So, um, you know, when we started, uh, getting into the syndication space and, you know, trying to, you know, invest passively, uh, we had no idea where to start. I mean, you know, we know how to analyze single family homes. It's not a problem. You know, we did it for a while and, and that's fine, but uh, we had no idea how to do this. So, you know, we jumped to the regular resources, podcast books, articles, bigger pockets, stuff like that. And, uh, 
but what we decided to do after that, the, what we determined was the main way to get into this is start building the relationships with the people who are actually doing it, right? The syndicators, the, the operators, the sponsors, you know, fellow past investors, people who've already done this before and really kind of picking their brain and, you know, gaining more information and talking with them and try to just get as much knowledge as possible. Um, so basically what happens is after that, you build a relationship with an investor or with a syndicator and then if you fit the criteria and you make it on the list, which is pretty easy to do if you have the money to invest and depending whether you're accredited or not accredited, um, you'll start receiving opportunities via email, right? So they'll start sending you, hey, you know, when an opportunity arises, we have this investment, you know, we'd love you to take a look at it, basically. And it's an email. Uh, it'll be a brief overview of the deal itself and then it'll have um, a link to go and find some other documents, uh, normally uh, an executive summary, which is an even further, it's, it's just basically a bigger portion of that email. You get quite a bit more information. Uh, it's just usually a, a PowerPoint, uh, a slide deck is what they call it, or investor deck is what they call it. And then uh, typically what we're seeing a lot of is these sponsors, they'll provide a webinar, mm-hmm. right? You know, So they'll come out, they'll have a deal and you can sign up to uh, see this webinar and they'll go in and they'll cover basically the entire executive summary. Uh, and then at the end, investors can ask basically as many questions as they want. So if you go in there and you have questions and you know, you need them answered, uh, that's a perfect time instead of, you know, you could jump on the phone or whatever, but at the, you know, they're going through the deal right then through the whole entire, the entire executive summary jump on the webinar, ask a few questions. It's a, it's a perfect time to do that. So that's, that's usually what the process is, is you're going to get an email. It's going to have the opportunity into it on it. And then you can look at the investor deck, uh, which is really just the executive summary. So we want to talk about the executive summary today because the things to look for kind of go over what's in an executive summary and uh, what to look for so you can help uh, analyze this deal. But before we jump into the executive summary, we want to gloss over just a few terms and a few resources of information that are usually get to um, that the syndicators usually obtain and some of the numbers that they use to come up with their valuations and to come up with uh, um the numbers that they're getting, uh, just very briefly. And then, uh, we'll go into a couple things to look out for, look into, and then, uh, we'll touch up on the executive summary and what to expect in there. So, uh, so Chris, what are some, uh, some documents say, you know, the, say you're a syndicator, you're an active syndicator and you're trying to, um, you're basically trying to get information from a broker about a property, right? What are some of the, what are some of the documents that you're going to need to get from uh, a broker or a seller or whoever uh, so you can ha- you can start analyzing so if you're an active syndicator. Okay, well, first, you're, uh, you're going to need the T12. You need to know what the past, uh, if you don't know what a T12 is, basically like the last trailing 12 months, just kind of see what was going on with the profit leases. Profit and loss statement. Yeah, it's profit and loss statement and uh, get to understand what the lease agreements are, uh, you know, what the vacancy overall is, uh, what it's been, um, you know, and uh, what the, what the income is, you know, and just see what the operating expenses are and just kind of get a a brief overview of like what the property has actually been doing, let's say in the last year. So you can have a general idea of what it's going to be doing in the next year or the next 10 years with uh, kind of the, the improvements that we have planned going on. 
uh, for this uh, particular property, and whatever, with, wherever it might be. And with that T12, it's broken down into a, a month-to-month thing. So you can see, uh, you know, it's it's basically total income versus all the expenses. So you can see kind of where the money's going, how it's flowing in, how it's flowing out, what's being spent on. And, you know, if there's any anomalies in there, you're going to see them. You know, yep. you might have a, a huge uh, increase in income one month. Well, what does that do to Maybe it's a, maybe you did a deal with a cable company, right? And they gave you $50,000 shift, but, you know, for doing this cable deal or something like that. Uh, well, that's not going to, that's not sustainable. That happened that one time. It may never happen again. So right. you can't rely on that. And the same thing with expenses. You might see some expenses. Well, what's going on here? What's going on there? So uh, a lot of times uh, the, the active syndicator, they'll look at the stuff and this is how they're going to make their projections, right? You know, based going forward, what the NOI is going to be, stuff like that. And uh, it, it's just, it's just one way to, that they, um, that they look at stuff. So uh, another document that they look for is the rent roll, right? So in the rent roll, I think you touched on it a little bit before, but a lot of the stuff, some of the stuff that, that's in it is basically like the tenant, what's the tenant name, uh, what tenant, what unit they're in, the the square footage of that unit, what rent is coming in, you know, uh, are they, you know, how much that rent is. And then uh, usually the, the loss to lease. So you can go in and see, well, here's how much they're paying, but here's how much market rent is, right? So you can see if there's a difference there and, uh, and kind of play off that. But from... From my knowledge, those are the two doc, merely the two documents you want to pay attention to, right? The T12 and the rent roll, right? Those are, those are going to give you like the brief, like the 30,000 foot view of what's going on with that property and how it's been, how it's been managed over the last year. Okay. So let's get a little bit more general, right? So we've talked about some of the documents that, that the active syndicator brings in to look at and, you know, even, even as a past investor, you can look at these things. I, actually, we suggest looking at these you things. Need to. You know, it's, it's good to know what's happening. You can see these things as they're happening. And, you know, if you have questions, you can ask the syndicator. It's perfectly fine. But uh, let's go into a little bit more uh, a general topic. So um, basic evalu- valuation of, of the property, right? So you want to find out how much this thing costs. You want to project how much this thing, how much you're willing to pay for this. Uh, so how, what does that look like? And for most of our listeners, they know this, but we're just going to gloss over, uh, over it real quick. Right. So, uh, so tell us about Chris, how do you, va- how do you value, uh, one of these properties? What's, what's the, what are the things you well, need to take into consideration? You need to know what the NOI is, the net operating income. Uh, and that's just, you know, your, uh, the total gross income minus the expenses minus the debt service. And it gives you, you know, your actual NOI. Well, then you also need to know what the cap rate is. And then when you take the NOI divided by the cap rate, it'll give you the potential value of the home ba- or the, the property based on its actual income. So you have a reasonable idea of what it should be worth or what you're willing to give for it or what your sponsorship is willing to pay for this. Right. Absolutely. So just to clarify, the NOI is basically just all your, the, just the income, my, uh, that, that, that you're minus the expenses, right? Mm-hmm. It's your NOI minus the expenses. And then, so after that, uh, you know, the cap rate, right? So how do we get the cap rate? Well, the cap rate isn't really just ma- it's not really, you don't just change the cap rate. The market sets the cap rate, right? So with the market setting the cap rate, what you'll want to do is you want to make sure is that you go in and you find somebody who knows the cap rate. So you, you know, they'll get it from a broker, a property manager, somebody who's involved in that area. Cause cap rates change. I mean, they're, you're in different neighborhoods. It changes, mm-hmm. you know, they're not just static and they're not just, you know, the same all over the place. So pay attention to uh, where you're able to get this cap rate. So that's one thing you want to pay attention to the NOI, the cap rate. And then like Chris said, you know, divide the NOI by the cap rate and that's going to give you your valuation. Right. But that doesn't bring into account um, any rehab costs. Right. So if you have, if you have rehab costs coming into that, uh, you're going to need to 
go ahead and figure that into kind of what you're going to pay. Um, that changes, right? So uh, you're just going to need to know. Uh, another thing you want to look out for when you're calculating, especially like the NOI and stuff like that is, or specifically the NOI is the economic vac vacancy. So you're going to have, you know, the actual physical vacancy, the lost lease, the bad debt, basically the bad debt is people who haven't paid, you know, whatever they moved out, lost leases, difference from what they're actually getting to the market and stuff like that. And then the actual vacancy, people not being there, you know, or units being vacant. So, you know, pay attention to this when, especially uh, looking at projections, uh, if a syndicator is, not accounting they're accounting for zero economic vacancy be careful because that's almost no one's gonna get zero economic vacancy at least we haven't seen it i mean we're looking again, for we're, we're limited for but conservative underwriting right we're not looking to to have a projection of 100 percent vac or uh, occupancy because that happens but we're not working off best case scenario right and also uh you know a good rule of thumb is somewhere around 10 percent from what we've seen you know the syndicators that we've spoken with, uh, you know, around 10% economic vacancy. So you want to see these type of things, uh, this type of thing, when you're looking at potential deals that you're, you're as opportunities for you to invest in, you know, make sure that they're putting these conservative projections, uh, you know, just helps with the success of the property. So, and, you know, kind of, kind of going back to the cap rate just for a second, Chris, what's your, so, when you're going and you're purchasing one of these properties or you're looking at, uh, you know, investing in one of these opportunities, you know, there's going to be a cap rate, uh, a set cap rate for when you buy this property, right? right? When the property is purchased. So throughout the life of this cap rate, I mean, you want the property to increase. So let's, let's talk about this just for a second. So if you have a lower cap rate, which we're in a viral right now, where people say cap rates are compressed, right? Mm -hmm. And so that basically means the valuation of the property is, is high. Right, lower the cap rate, higher the value of the property. Right. So, what we're seeing is is what's going to happen with cap rates. Cap rates are low. Are they going to go up? Are they going to go down in the future? Obviously, it depends on the market and what happens going forward. Um, but a lot of people are, you know, think that you know cap rates are pretty low. How much lower can they go? Right. Really. So maybe they're probably going to go up. So when it comes to cap rate, buying a property, Chris, um, you know, you have a cap rate basically that's being shown to you through these through these summaries, you know, what's happening. What, what do you look for in a cap rate, like throughout the property or, or the sale of the property? Well, I'm what's conservative for you. Conservative, man, I, uh, that's kind of beyond well, like, just, what is it? What does it look like? Is it, are you looking, are you looking at an exit cap rate? Are you even, yeah, you have to, to measure, measure the cap, the exit cap rate versus let's just call it like the entrance cap rate. What the, what right. it's currently at, you definitely want to make sure it's at least higher. You know, it can't, it right. really can't be the same, but you want to make sure that it's higher in the end. Uh, you know, just to double check and pencil the math and make sure that it's better at the end, you know, because we're, we're projecting that this thing is going to grow in value and we're going to potentially increase the rents. We want to make sure that this is projected to grow. And if for whatever reason that they're showing that it's a, maybe it's a lower cap rate than the entrance, you know, than where it was when you uh, entered the deal, well, then that's a red flag or that's just something that just need to be aware of, you know, you want to make sure that it's increased by the end of the deal, by the time you're exiting. Right, because you know, if you want to be conservative, if you go in and you put an exit cap rate that is lower than the initial cap rate, what you're saying is you're suggesting, which it should happen, you know, the property would be worth more when you go to exit, right? That's right. what you want. But to be conservative, what you're saying is the property, the cap rate is going to be higher. So technically, you're giving a little bit of cushion there, right? right? So, and that's, and that's what you're looking for. So, you know, if somebody, if you go in and you buy the property at a six cap and they're projecting it to be a four cap when you exit it, pull, 
So what happens if that doesn't happen, right? right? You know, maybe these numbers don't work. Are we getting the returns? What's happening on that? So pay attention to, you know, uh, the exit cap rate, just conservative underwriting in general, what methods they're doing for, for conservative underwriting when it comes to these deals that potentially you're going to invest in, right? So another thing to pay attention to is the rehab costs. So you want to pay attention to if they're out. So depending on the property, you need to understand what kind of deal this is because some properties, if they're just, Class A, turnkey, no rehab done. Okay, fine. You know, you're not going to have to worry about this. But a lot of the deals that we're focused on are B and C class, right? Mm -hmm. uh, the ones that we see a lot of people talking about and the ones that are interesting us, um, they're B and C and they call for rehab. So you want to go in, you want to look at these projections from the syndicator and say, you know, what are they projecting for um, rehab per unit, right? On a per unit basis. So say if they're calling for a ton of rehab to be done, so, I mean a ton, and but they have they've only projected a very small amount of money per unit. Well, that's a red flag. You know, pay attention to that. And another thing is too, is pay attention to, you know, say they're allocating $3,000 per unit to do rehab. Okay. That, I mean, from what we understand, that's about average somewhere around there. Uh, but what are those rehab, what are those, what is that, those dollars, what are they going to, mm -hmm. you know? If you go in and say, hey, we're pumping all this money into plumbing and roofs or, you know, stuff like that, uh, well, is that going to bring, is that justify a rental increase? Not in the eyes of a, not in the eyes of a tenant. You want to retain your tenant and you need him to or bring sign in new tenants. Well, right. And, you know, just understanding that, you know, our plumbing is better. Yeah, that's great. But I expected that already. Yeah. I want to make sure that where I'm living is nice. And I want to see where that money went to justify you increasing my rent, uh, however many percentage points, you know, 25 bucks. Right. You know, I, I want to see where it went. I don't, exactly. I just, I'm just assuming that the plumbing was good. And that's, and that's a key point. Aesthetics, right? You know, visually, we want to be able to see something that's actually been improved. Like you look at a roof. Yeah, it's great. Nobody cares. Especially as a tenant, you know, of course they want a roof over your head, but that's what you're paying for anyways. Yeah. The plumbing should work, you know. But, uh, you know, you do something aesthetically pleasing like countertops, stuff like this, or even just amenities, additions. You know, maybe you got a dog park in your apartment complex or mm -hmm. something. You know, things like this, covered parking. You know, people will, people understand this. So, it, pay attention to rehab dollars and kind of what they're going to. That's where they're going to see the value. Exactly. And that's, and that's, that's really, just pay attention to it. Uh, another thing is you want to look for is uh, the rents they're projecting. So, you know, they're going to come out and they're going to show you kind of what markets are getting or, you know, what the property is currently getting. Right. And so hopefully there'll be a difference between that and then the actual market rent, mm -hmm. right? The current rents are lower than the actual market rent. So there's that room where you can bring it up. Right. And that's kind of the goal. So you pay attention to that, but see what they're calling for on the rent increases, especially year one. So you have the rent increases, but if they're asking, if they're calling for a huge rent increase on year one, well, can you get that? It's one of those things you kind of got to pay attention to because year one, usually what do you run into? You run into, uh, especially if there's a rehab involved, well, there's probably going to be higher vacancy, yep. especially at the beginning, right? Because, you know, you got, you got people getting, you know, bad tenants being removed, um, people who don't want to pay an increased rent moving, but then also you got to do rehab on these properties and it's, you got to get people out of there to do the, you know, the rehab on the property. So uh, the vacant units you do the rehab in, and if you have tenants that still want to stay there, even after the rent increase, you move them in and it works that way. But pay attention to, um, you know, the rent increases, especially for year one. If it's, if it's a huge jump, be careful because not all tenants are going to want to pay that. Right. Yep. So pay attention to that. It's just, it's just kind of one of those things. Uh, just a loose guideline to be aware of. Right. You know? Right. Right. And, and again, there are, uh, there are 
plenty of other things to talk about. We're just hitting over uh, a few of the high notes here, things to pay attention to. So with that being said, we kind of want to go over the executive summary uh, a little bit more and what actually to look for in the executive summary because you're going to receive these on every deal. Say you invest in, you know, numerous um, apartment syndications, uh, or even if you don't, I mean, anybody, if anytime that one of the syndicators are on their mailing list, you're going to get, you're going to get an email notification of an opportunity that's available. So we kind of touched on some of these things already that are in, uh, uh, the executive summary, but I figured, you know, we might as well touch on a little bit more. So Chris, you kind of want to go over a little bit of that? Sure. Yeah. Right. When uh, we pop open the executive summary, you know, um, you know, these things are going to be fairly lengthy, you know, when you're looking at the investor deck, but there's a, a handful of things that you really want to pay attention to immediately. You want to know like what the minimum investment is, you know, can you even afford to get in this? Does it make sense for you and what you're trying to achieve? Uh, you need to know what the investment term is. Again, that's going to depend on your, your goals. Does that fit with what you want? And like we said, you know, we could really potentially be in these, uh, in, in a particular investment for four to seven years, you know, or three to five, four to seven, and maybe even in upwards of 10. Uh, so do you need to know what you're getting yourself into? Um, but you also want to pay attention to, uh, you know, is there a preferred return? You know, what's, what's your actual, uh, your, well, their, uh, their estimated cash on cash return whether or not there's a preferred return, you know, again, it needs to fit your own needs. Well, and this is going to help, you know, paying attention to returns, obviously something, you know, most people are going to do because it's pretty important, right? Right. But, you know, pay attention to that preferred return. Not everybody offers a preferred return. It seems like most people do these days, but, and it's good to know, I'm sure most of our listeners understand what a preferred return is, but for those who don't, preferred return is basically, uh, it's like a hurdle, basically, um, that it, whatever it is, uh, the preferred return, the LP side is going to get paid whatever if the cash flow meets that uh, amount they're going to get paid that much so if say if it's eight if the preferred return is eight percent and the cash flow equals eight percent well then the the lp side they're going to get paid that eight percent mm -hmm. and they get paid before anybody gets paid on the gp side so if it exceeds eight percent then now you're getting the lp is getting paid eight percent and there's going to be a split uh between the lp and the gp for the remaining say if it was ten percent the extra two percent right so that's something to pay attention to so you're absolutely right pay attention to the preferred return pay attention to that to that uh the preferred return and then pay attention to the IRR. So, you know, the IRR takes into account, you know, the life of holding this property through the life of it until you exit it basically. Right. So it takes into account, you know, um, you know, the cash on cash return you're getting. And then also what's going to happen, say, if you do a refinance or uh, uh, just exit the property in general, go for a sale. Right. And it's going to break it down into an annualized return. So say if you hold it for five years and you might get a 20% return on that. And that's a, that's a, a 2.0 equity multiple, right? So basically what that means is you're doubling your money. Right. And sometimes that happens. Sometimes it, doesn't. it just depends on what they're projecting. So give us some more things you're looking for in the executive summary. Well, uh, um, in the end, I want to know what the projected total return on the investment is. Uh, you know, that's the only reason it's the main reason why I'm getting into this. I want to know how much money I'm going to make at the end. Uh, obviously you're going to look at that pretty close to the first thing, but just pay attention to it. Uh, also, I want to know if there's bonus depreciation involved. Do I get a piece of those tax benefits, you know, at the end of the year? Uh, that's you know, a big one. Uh, yeah, I, I want to, you know, when we participate in these, that's what we're really looking for. That's, that's how we're growing our wealth is being able to keep the most, you know, keep the majority of our money 
in our own pocket without having to pay the Absolutely. government. And so, you know, some of the other things you're looking for really is uh, the rental rate projections. I know we touched on that a little bit earlier, but uh, look at the rental rate projections, see what they're projecting and, uh, you know, see if it seems feasible. And if you want to dive deeper into it, say you want to say you dived into, you really want to look into this. You can go on Google and find some uh, similar apartments in the area and see what those rental rates are. You know, make sure the units are similar in renovation. You know, you don't want to go class A versus class C and say, oh yeah, the, you know, these are, no, you need to do apples to apples comparison. So that's the one thing. You can well, do. that uh, he brings up a good point. The next thing I'm looking for, I want to look at the property overview. You know, what's the average, uh, what's the average square footage? You know, is it a three, two? Is it, you know, what, what is, what does the layout look like? How many units are there? So that way that gives you the information like he was saying, then you can turn around, you can go match it to something else that's comparable, relatively comparable uh, in the area. Um, so you can make sure again, you're all you're doing, you're, you're doing this due diligence, uh, you know, to pencil the deal for yourself. And so, yeah, you just want to make sure that these, that everything seems to check out. And, and if you're comfortable with that, well then now you just made, you know, one step further into being able to participate. Absolutely. And, you know, moving on from there, uh, another thing I know we kind of talked about earlier, but the occupancy projections, mm -hmm. you pay attention to this, you know, you need to know what it's going to look like. Cause we talked about the, the vacancy rates being higher at the very beginning. Cause if you're doing renovations, you know, the vacancy is going to go up so you can turn those units. Right. And so pay attention to that because usually typically that means that your cash flow at the beginning of this, uh, of the investment is going to be lower. Mm -hmm. And they'll tell you that it'll be in the projection say, you know, they're projecting for the first six months or year that you're going to get 6% or 5%, you know, but as soon as you start filling in these, these, uh, these units, uh, that have been turned, it immediately goes up. Right? right. So pay attention to that, know what the occupancy projections are and then how that, um, correlates with, uh, the cash flow that they're projecting, uh, on a, yearly basis or a quarterly basis or however they break it down. So, um, that's, that's another big piece. Another one you want to pay attention to is, uh, the type of property management they're putting in there. Are they hiring a third party to do this? Uh, are they, are they vertically integrated? Are they just to have their own property management company? Um, and then you can go in and you see, um, obviously they're going to provide you with a little bit of background on the property manager. If they're utilizing, a you know, a separate company, they'll talk a little bit about it, but you can go in and you can, you know, do a little bit more due diligence if you want to. It's, it's kind of just one of those things. It depends how deep you want to get into it. And, you know, we suggest diving in as deep as makes you comfortable. Yeah. Uh, everybody's different. Uh, everybody requires everything. Some people get really deep into this and, uh, at, you know, I think that's great and they should, but other people aren't, uh, as, um, I guess critical. They don't dive as deep into it. Um, another one you want to pay attention to is the type of financing they're using. Um, are they using long-term debt, uh, long-term fixed debt? Or are they using maybe like a bridge debt with a, with a, with a floating rate? Uh, what we see a lot now is or what I've seen recently uh, is that people are, you know, using the bridge debt, but they buy a cap for that rate. Right. right. And the cap is relatively inexpensive. So um, we're seeing uh, a bit of that now, but uh, pay attention to that, you know, long-term, you know, it's hard to gauge obviously where we're in the cycle. Everybody has their own opinion of that, but uh you know, locking in long-term debt is pretty nice, but there's some, there's some restrictions with doing that about rehabs and stuff like that. So, uh, it's good to know about that. Um, another one, uh, they talk about really in the executive summary, and this is really at the beginning is the track record of, of the team and basically how the team is set up, uh, know who you're, you know, know who you're dealing with and you can run background, background checks on all these guys. It might be, it might cost you a little bit of money, but if you want to, you can run background checks on them and see, you know, if they have anything on the record or if they're, you know, everything lines up perfectly fine. And uh, 
you can do real due diligence on this and it's really just up to you know how much work you want to do and how much you want to put into it um one you want to pay attention to, especially if you're looking to take advantage of the uh, bonus depreciation and the tax advantages, is uh, when it's going to close. Like if you need if you need a property to be, if you need to make sure that you get those tax advantages for that year, and the property is set to close January one, you might have a problem. Right. If you needed say say it was 2019, you needed the you needed the tax benefits for that year, and the property closed on January one. It's not going to work for you. You might run into an issue. So pay attention, know, know when it's going to close or projected to close and have a little bit of wiggle room in there in case something comes up, right? Uh, you want to make sure. Um, but as for, as for the executive summary, that's pretty much the majority of things that we look for, right? And, and then if you have additional questions, you can always call this, the syndicator. You can email them. Um, if you're on the webinar, just ask them right then. Yep. It's a perfect time to do it. Um, and we suggest attending as many web, you know, going and listening to as many webinars as possible. Uh, we try to listen to as many as we can just to, just to see what they have to say. Uh, and if, if there's anything additional to the actual investor deck that they didn't include in there. And then, uh, and then we can ask questions if we want. Cause typically, uh, I don't know about you, Chris, but I, I tend to ask a decent amount of questions. It might not always be right there on the spot, but I always have some later, right? Yep. I mean, it's on the drive home. Yeah. I'm of that. <laughs> yeah. So uh, if you got to email them, just email them. But um, that's pretty much all I have today. Do you want to add anything else about uh, kind of what to look for and the, the just the general what to look for in, in a deal analysis and, and the executive summary itself? I think the other thing that I, I like to look at, uh, you know, it's kind of beyond our control, but I want to be aware of what their business plan is, you know, what mm -hmm. their first year outlook is. You know, like I said, when we get into this property, we're immediately going to hit those vacant units and start renovating those. Then we're going to move our current tenants that choose to stay. We're going to introduce them into their new unit. We're going to get on those, but also we want to see like, you know, when is this plan on stabilizing? You know, is it in year two, year three? You know, I just want to know like what's going on between year one, two, three, four, and so on. Like, you know, what is, what is that? What's happening that year? Are we still renovating? Are we worried about occupancy now? Like filling everybody up or filling all the units up and, uh, and I guess any, I touched on it before, but it's, you know, I want to know when we potentially can exit this deal. So that's along with that timeline as far as like getting in, uh, finding rent stability and occupancy, and then when is it time to leave? And just weighing all that stuff together, you want to make sure that it fits with what your, what your goals really are. And if all those things align, then it looks like we might have a pretty good deal going. Absolutely. I think that's a great point. That's a, and you know, kind of like Chris was saying, get, get familiar with these things, you know, get familiar with these terms, get familiar with these indicators, get familiar with what they're doing. Cause it's going to be important to, if you're just passively investing in these things to know and, you know, trust what they're doing and these people, cause you know, it's a small world. You, you're going to run into them time, time again, especially if you start getting into this, it's a small world and uh, it's, it's, it's good to know the right people. So uh, definitely focus on that. So, um, well, before we go, Chris, uh, I got a question for you, uh, like normal. So, you know, we have different weeks, you know, and we have different lives. We're in different places all the time. Uh, and you know, we don't really see each other, uh, very much or be in the same spot very mm -hmm. much, you know, and we're lucky to be able to do that relatively uh, as of recent. But, uh, so tell me something like recently this week, tell me something that's awesome. That's happened to you. Just tell me something that's just awesome. You know what? Uh, you know, as you already know, and some of the listeners, uh, if you've been around for a little while, you know that, uh, that I'm an actual, active real estate agent uh, here in kind of the Oklahoma City metro area. And uh, that's kind of my, it, it's 
was my full-time job. Now I'm transitioning to more part-time, which that's fun news in itself. But uh, one of the things I'm dealing with now is uh, I'm selling, you know, small multifamily property. And what I've been worried about this entire time is, you know, it's a very unique property by itself. So it's hard to pull comps and it's hard to get a realistic valuation. And it's not, it's not in a great area. So the thing I've been worrying about most is, is it going to appraise? We've met all the hurdles thus far and now we're just like at the final deal where we got to meet the appraisal uh, so that way we know we can go to the closing table and I got word yesterday that uh, everything is good to go that was the one thing that was really weighing heavy you know you just you never know competing with these appraisers uh, how things are going to turn out but uh, it worked in our favor and uh, we got what we needed so we're going to the closing table so that was a huge sigh of relief for me, a little weight lifted off my shoulders and one less thing I can worry about. Well, congratulations, man. It sounds like you worked pretty hard to get that one gone. So uh, congratulations on that. And, uh, you know, wish you continued success uh, with your uh, uh, agent duties. So mm -hmm. uh, hopefully you can just keep slamming it this year, man. That's, uh, that's great news. But uh, hey, man, again, appreciate you taking the time to hang out with you. It's always good. Um, and then, uh, you know, we'll talk to you guys uh, next episode. But until then, stay focused and keep investing in yourself. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. Head over to iTunes to subscribe to the show. And while you're there, we really appreciate you leaving a rating and written review. If you have any questions or topics you'd like to hear on the show, connect with us on social media or through our website at twosmartassets.com. We look forward to speaking to each and every one of you. Talk to you soon.